On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Frank Miliarelli's live music career, either solo or with his band The Dirt Nappers, has mostly been from the Americana folk rock genre. His latest album is unique to say the least. We're Not Kidding Around features eight rock and roll songs based on eight great children's books like Go Dog Go, my favorite, and Mike Mulligan and his Steam Shovel, just to name a few. Frank joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about this record and his musical career. Good afternoon, Frank. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk with us today about your career and um, got a new record we want to talk about here shortly. Um, you're in New York, right? Yeah, about 90 miles north of New York City. It was used to work out of the city, but now just kind of, you know, over the past year or two, obviously people were like looking to move and relocate, and uh, we ended up about 90 miles north in a town called Red Hook. Okay, cool. So... Is that um, that move just for uh, peace of mind? Is there music there? Is it is it both? Well, actually, yeah. There's a, there's a pretty good music scene happening in the Hudson Valley, um, okay. which is amazing. I mean, we're about 15 miles east of Woodstock. Ah, um, cool. And even even though Woodstock didn't happen in Woodstock, um, right. they're just <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it is amazing <laughs> what they've built up you know off of that name I'm but sure. um yeah. <laughs> you know i i mean there's just you know a ton of clubs a ton of um like r- really just great little bars you could play in and uh really good radio um really good independent radio um oh, awesome. across the valley a couple yeah. of stations that are totally like free form and open to uh especially americana music so okay it's, it's a good place to be yeah um, that's cool you know playing yeah it's great is uh new york your your home been your home for your whole life? Did you grow yeah, up there? yeah. yeah. Uh, I spent a little time in Michigan. I was going to school years and years ago, but um, pretty much been on the East Coast most of my life. Okay, yeah, New York City kid. What inspired you as a kid musically? Um, wow, that, that that's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> you know, um, there, there's a great Billy Falcon tune. I don't know if you're familiar with Billy, but he's a, a songwriter rock and roller off of long island um who who came up with this line we were all vaccinated with a phonograph needle i can't stop shaking i still want to be a beetle um and (laughs) which is you know yeah it kind of says it all i mean you know growing up in the in the 60s and the 70s with you know rock and roll especially in new york it was there was a lot happening and there was just a certain amount of openness and um you know i remember as a kid you know watching the ed sullivan show mm. my mother um would like throw us monkeys records you know because wow. that was you know rock and roll and um we just 
I just kind of always grew up with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was like a major influence on what was going on. Yeah. You know, I, I told someone that, you know, I used to, I had this Sony transistor radio. I used to keep under my pillow and just listen at night, you uh -huh. know, to, that's cool. you know, the, the rock and roll stations and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I, you know, got the bug, I think. Do you re recall when it moved from, the transistor radio to instrument in hand and singing and all that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, instrument in hand was actually anything we could grab that shit was shaped like a guitar, so it started <laughs> back then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I was about 12 or 13. I actually, um, my father had bought a guitar for me. I don't know why. It was just there in the house, and uh, I just started picking it up and trying to play. I think the first thing I learned how to figure out was uh, – I think it was something, the Beatles tune on like one string, you know, okay. just playing wow. it. And uh, we had this Mel Bay chord book, and I just all of a sudden realized that, oh, these three chords fit in that song. Yeah. I can play with, you know, another song and another song. And it just, you know, so, you know, self-taught, took piano lessons, took a few guitar lessons over the years. But, um, yeah, so I've been playing pretty much most of my life. When did it so. become professional? um where where i actually got paid for making music wow that's a um well there's two tracks on that one there's the the band aspect which you know i always played in bands and you know even up through my 20s i was playing in these like frat rock bands yeah, I used to, yeah. you know you know play whatever parties you could but um then you know i landed a gig at a uh, educational publisher um that this was just like when the whole multimedia CD-ROM thing was happening. Uh -huh. And they, um, you know, we were sitting there at a design meeting. This was actually design games for kids. And someone said, well, well, we need music for this. And uh, I said, oh, okay, I'll write, you know, we need a song for this game or oh, whatever. Wow, so, cool. yeah, yeah. And so I started actually writing music and became like the house writer for this publishing company. And then just started you know, doing jingles and everything else. So, um, you know, in addition to just songwriting, it was, you know, writing for, you know, video games, writing for commercial jingles, stuff like that. So it was cool. When did it, when did songwriting uh, outside of that become something that you wanted to pursue? You know, the lyrically putting the song together with the music and, and actually getting to play that, you know, on records in front of people. Yeah, I mean, I always did that when I was, you know, with bands, we always tried to do original stuff, okay. and I would end up, like, writing um, songs, especially, I remember I was out in Michigan for about four years, and there were all these battles of the band kind of thing, and they were always looking for, like, bands that had original songs, so we're like, oh, God, we got to write a song, so I would, like, you know, <laughs> quick, you know, quickly bang something out, but then, uh, you know, I mean, I really literally went and off on this whole thing of like writing for commercial products and i was producing other people's music i had an indie label in the in the 90s where i was producing a lot of blues and mm. r&b records mm -hmm. and um i just didn't have time and then after that all kind of wrapped up and i was sitting around um and i was i realized you know i have a recording studio here i'm still playing for really nobody i said i should just start writing again so that's when i started putting you know getting the idea of putting a band back together and um it took a couple of years but i figured out you know what i wanted and what i wanted to do and then eventually this 
thing known as the Dirt Nappers came out, you know, as a <laughs> as a band. Where did that so, name come from? I, <laughs> um, I was I, I used to go um, drink in a bar in uh, New York City on 18th Street, the Old Town Bar, and I was sitting at the bar um, one afternoon, and uh, the waitress. Um, Jennifer came up to me and said, oh, man, you look really tired. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've just been busy. I said, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, it's right. you know, Warren Zevon. Right. And she goes, oh, yeah, when you take the big dirt nap. And I said, what? Oh, wow. And she goes, yeah, when you go take the big dirt nap. I go, wow, I'd never heard that before. And I said, what a great name for a band of, like, old guys. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I ran back to uh, this office. I was working in the design firm. Um, at the time, and I just checked online. I said, "Is DirtNappers.com available?" And I was like, "Okay, cool. If ever I, you know, get a, this band going, that's what the name is going to oh, be." Oh, that's great. So, oh, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, when you write jingles and and songs for film, I, I, I presume that those are um, there's a specific theme in mind. Uh, you know, somebody tells you something that they want it to say or that kind of thing, which I would assume then is different than the organic process of a song that you're going to, you know, three or four or five minute song that's got lyrics and music and it's part of a, a record. How do you differentiate the difference? Is there a... Yeah, no, it is. It's completely different. One's like an assignment. One is like work yeah, here. Okay. Here's your parameters. You yeah. got to work with this. You know, I want something spooky. I want something funny. I, you need to tell, you know, a story about this or you have to incorporate this into it somehow. So I'm like, yeah, OK, you know, that that that's pretty good because then you, you could kind of work with that. It gives you something to start running with, mm -hmm. um, you know, but like the rock and roll tunes that I write, you know, or the, you know, just the music that I write now, like for the band and, you know, from a songwriting perspective, you know, it's, I think, I think it was Bob Marley who said, you know, I, I believe there's songs just floating out there and some people can hear them and they could grab them and mm -hmm. write them down or pieces of songs, which I always thought, yeah, so that's, that's actually how it kind of works. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I'll hear a phrase, I'll hear, um, I'll hear something and say, wow, that would be an interesting song. And that sounds like a line from a song. Or that sounds like it could be a hook, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I wrote this tune, um, even a clown should know when the, um, even a clown should know when the circus ends. I was walking down the street. I was listening to the radio uh, or to the news or something. And it was a report that the Big Apple Circus and um, the Barnum and Bailey Circus both went bankrupt the same week. Mm. This was a, a number of years ago, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wow, like a bankrupt circus! What a what a great analogy for a bad relationship." <laughs> and you know, this yeah. idea of hit me that like even a clown should know when the when the circus ends. You yeah. know, hit, and I just like went with that. You yeah, know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how it happens. This is lucky. So you know? do, when that happens, do you write them down, record them to your phone? Like, do you then have a process <laughs> yeah. where you go sit with it and try to find the rest of it? Yeah, there's probably, you know, if there's other songwriters listening to this podcast, they're probably thinking the same thing. But you like, it's like you're speaking in tongues into your phone, into like the <laughs> voice memos or whatever. Right, right. You, right. Come, nah, 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 nah. you come up with like this idea and then you come, you run back to your room where you got your guitar or whatever and you're like, what was I doing? What was that? Right. You know, did yeah. I make it? But yeah, there's tons of that. And sometimes you'll just be noodling around on the guitar and come up with a lick and say, wow, that's kind of cool. So you record that. And some of them you go back to, some of them you, you know, you don't, you know? Yeah. So, 
yeah, it's kind of become this like replacement for the notebook, which yeah. is yeah, right. both good and bad. Right, cause you got right. a lot of crap. There's a lot of trash on my phone. So, and then occasionally, sometimes you lose it, and then all those things go bye bye when the phone crashes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm actually afraid of that. I, I actually back up all my voice memos. So wow, that's cool. In a, yeah, yeah, no, it's nuts. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. So as the Dirt Nappers, you've had three records, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, actually, four, including the kids' record, but yeah, three grown-up records. Okay, yeah. all right. So. And and mostly Americana theme, kind of folk rock and roll. What, where have you found your audience for that, at least pre-pandemic anyway? what what, what Where did it fit? Um, well, you know, I mean, we are kind of a little bit of an older audience kind of band i mean you know we're realists here um and it's it, it kind of actually sits pretty well you know in that americana like roots rock and roll kind of feel mm-hmm. um you know i i mean people said oh they oh it sounds like a tom petty song or it sounds like you know um could be a country song could you know i i mean i grew up listening to a whole bunch of different stuff so there's a little bit of soul there's a little bit Mm -hmm. of country there's you know definitely you know straight ahead rock and roll in there so um you know we've been really fortunate to be we've gotten some decent airplay across the country and actually around the world which is nice mostly on like americana programming Mm -hmm. um you know some free form stuff but you know, doing pretty well on the on the Americana rec, um, you know, radio charts, which is nice. You know, mostly festivals or arenas. What kind of audience or, or venues do you find yourself in? <laughs> the arenas in my mind. Um, no, I, I, look, I love just going out. Like tonight, I actually have a gig um, over a couple towns over, just doing a solo acoustic thing. Yeah, um, okay. which is which is great. Um, and you know, I. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a bar rat. I love going into a good bar and hearing a yeah. good band. Yeah. So I love being a good band in a good bar. You yeah. Know? Is that coming Sorry. back in your part of the country? Um, yeah, I've been actually pretty busy. Someone said to me the other day, said, you're, you're playing a lot. And I go, yeah, actually, I'm playing more than I was like before the pandemic started. Oh, cool. It's okay. kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, a couple gigs a month, now, but it's... Um, yeah, it's pretty busy, um, and it's nice because people are like calling and saying, "Hey, are you available? Can you play?" And mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a lot more solo stuff because uh, you know places aren't really paying yet, and there's not. Um, you know, yeah. I like to pay my band. Right, uh, these guys are all working musicians. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, it's got to be economically workable, also. So, so the new record is, uh, I guess. Uh, instrumentally feels like the other things you do but lyrically it, it's uh kind of a a, a hard turn in in an interesting direction it, uh we're not kidding around i think is the name of it right tell yep. me tell me yep. about that and uh i the um uh, go dog go I, I my favorite book as a kid and so i found that video and i thought one of my favorite entertainers as a kid was elvis and i thought you get the two things together that's so cool yeah but yeah elvis and they're playing off of the hound dog right thing. right yeah. definitely you know we just went for the hardcore roots rock on that and johnny jake's vocal on that was perfect yeah that know? was great i love it <laughs> you're not the first person who said that go dog go was like their favorite book as a kid it's a it's a really great book it is um, yeah and the, visually it's just hysterical there's yeah, so much going yeah, on in, yeah. that, in, in that book um but yeah i mean uh, when i was writing stuff for um like uh, scholastic and sunburst and some of these like educational publishers 
you know, they would ask us to write like songs about science and stuff. We were like, well, I, you know, I don't want to write like Barney stuff or, you know, baby beluga stuff. We, we would, my partner and I at the time, we were, you know, running this production studio. We would really like attack it. Like, okay, let's make rock and roll records for kids. Let's make a country song. Let's do a reggae. Tune. Yeah. Um, but not dumb them down in any way. Right. And, um, you know, that's always been my approach. And um, this idea I had for doing like this, basically a tribute album to some kids books was, um, you know, I just wanted this to be, um, you know, I mean, a number of years ago, I really had this idea that this was going to be a cartoon series, kind of like um, mm. an MTV for kids books. Right, it's hard okay. to break into the kids book market. And I said, what if we put together these interstitial little animated music videos about books? Would it make people more aware of these different books? Uh And uh, I went to Viacom, I went to HBO, went to Amazon before they were even doing television and stuff. I said, would you guys be into putting this up on the internet or, you know, doing an interstitial on like Nickelodeon? They were like, what? We don't even understand this. (laughs) So I just like, forget, I left that alone for years. Uh And then when the pandemic hit, I said, you know what? I got all these demos. I could finish up these tunes. I said, what if we just put it out as a kid's record that, you know, really rocked? And that's how it all kind of just started. And I said to the, you know, the guys in the band, I said, you want to do a kid's record? They were like, yeah, we'll do anything. We're not doing anything now. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it, that, that kind of worked. And, um, you know, reached out to a couple of, you know, past people that we've worked with or that we knew we thought it would be fun to have some guest stars on the record and it just all kind of came together when did it come out so, um came out a couple of weeks ago okay so it's really really recent <laughs> no it just it just literally hit the uh radio ad date is actually was yesterday this okay. uh, monday okay yeah yeah we just finished uh you know packing up a hundred envelopes and sending those out. And in fact, I'm running back to the post office today to get the European packages out though. It's not going to be a big, I don't think it will be a big seller in Europe for sure. Cause they don't know these books, you know? Right. Yeah. So there's not too many people who know go dog go over in Italy. You know, you think, I, I don't know. I, 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 would, I don't know. You know? Yeah, I'm not I would, sure what's been translated. Right. Yeah. I would think, uh, well, Chris, a lot of those are English speaking countries too. So yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I don't know. What's the early uh, uh, feedback? Have you have you gotten any? I, I mean, I think they're great. You, you, you uh, if you've been around those books, you obviously know the subject matter of the song. But outside of that, it feels like a really good Americana rock song. Yeah, no, no, we were aiming for that. We just wanted, and you know, the players we had on this were also you know really good too. So I mean, you know, Charlie Giordano playing accordion is amazing. You know, he's Springsteen's uh, organ player, oh, yeah. accordion okay, sure. player. Yeah, and and Susie Tyrell is uh, a you know fiddle player extraordinaire. Yeah, she's with Springsteen's band also, and uh, um, Tanya Elizabeth, another fiddle player, is playing with the Avid Brothers. So yeah, oh, we got sure, like root, yeah. yeah, we got roots players on this record. Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. It's pretty it's pretty serious um, across the board. So what's the um, goal with this project? How, how far do you want to see it down the road? Um, you know, it's kind of like a like a passion project for me. Like, you know, I just wanted to do this because this was in the back of my head for all these years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, literally I used to, my kids are, you know, in their late twenties, early thirties now. And I was, I used to go into their classroom and read a book and do a song. And so that's what I, that idea Uh, hatched. And so, you know, this was like years on the back burner. And, um, 
you know, I, I, what's my goal? I, you know, we put together this website to go with the record to just to, you know, if someone checks it out, there's a lot of stuff there for parents to, like, you know, you could get free kids music at your library. Bring your kid to the local library. You doing go dog go. You know, there's a whole story thread in there about uh-huh. like cool hats and fun hats. Here's a hat making activity okay. for you. Yeah. You know, so so you know, honestly, if one parent ends up doing one of these activities or takes their kid to the library, hey, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Um well, it's a great yeah, homeschool. What the tool. reaction was, yeah. I just don't know. You know, I don't know how people are going to. Yeah. <laughs> I never put out a kid's record before. Yeah, you know, that's cool. So I, I could see it being a great homeschool tool. Um, you know, with parents using, totally. wanting it to be a, you, you could mix all kinds of music and and English and and all that kind of stuff with it. So. Yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Um, so there's a bunch of lessons that you could, you know, tie to a lot of these books. Um, one of the books of Five Chinese Brothers was actually has been banned um, in a couple libraries because wow. they say it's racist. Right, right. And I'm like, you know, okay, so the drawings are a little dated and it's from a time and place where maybe people weren't that sensitive to that issue. But I said, look at the story. This is about a family helping each other. Uh This is about superheroes. This is about, you know, five brothers with amazing powers that are helping each other. Uh It's kind of, you know, there's different ways of looking at this. Sure. So, you know, anyway. So what's what's on the horizon uh, after this project? Do you have another uh, <laughs> Dirt Nappers well, record? Uh, you know the Americana style on the way. Um, I'm going to start doing birthday parties for okay. little kids. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, definitely um, no clown work. <laughs> no clown work. No, no. Um, actually, I've been kind of trying to find some time to sit down and finish. Um, Kind of like the the pre demos for the next Dirt Nappers record. I just haven't had time. Literally, this thing is, you know, because we produced the website. I'm doing all of these videos, and you yeah. know, this uh, this thing took a lot of time, um, which is crazy. But um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I definitely, I, I think originally I was thinking about just doing an, a short, like little EP, because uh-huh. I didn't. Um, I mean, doing records like full length records is. That's not, it's still daunting. I mean, I've done tons of them, and I'm like, still, oh my god, it's it's like it's a lot of work to do it. Right. But I started sitting down with actually Tony Tino, the bass player, and uh, we were just starting to feel through some songs. And there's like, okay, here's like four tunes. No, actually, this is a good one. It's five tunes. And it's like so now I'm like, well, okay, now we're up to like six or seven songs. So maybe we should just round it out to eight and do a full length album. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're kind of kicking that around right okay. now. Okay. Awesome. So, well, I, I and certainly enjoyed the the music of this record. It's really cool. But I, I like the other stuff that you do too, and I wish you well with it. I I hope that the uh, we're not kidding around project finds finds some legs somewhere that you didn't expect it to, because I think it's um it's it's a great concept. Oh yeah. No, I mean it's kind of funny. I just got a note from the Children's Library Association, which is the big like American Library Association division for children's libraries, and they said, "Well, would you be interested in writing for our blog about this project and oh, why yeah. you did it?" Okay. So I said, "Okay, that's kind of cool." Yeah. 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 yeah that's fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we shall see what happens. Yeah. Well, awesome, Frank. I, I appreciate you taking the time to share all this with us and we certainly wish you the best. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and thanks uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about this. It's really great.
So just spread the word, I guess. You know, if you know a little kid who likes to jump up and down and go crazy, this is a good record for them. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.